Take a deep breath with me. Another one deeper this time. Aloha from Inglewood, Florida. <laughs> wow, life is just so crazy. It's the full moon in Aquarius. And I'm feeling it times 10 because I'm an Aquarius moon. And I just found out <clears throat> that Aquarius is the water bearer. Aquarius is the one who holds the emotions, a.k.a. the water of the world, and transmutes it through air, and then pours it back to the earth for nourishment. I didn't realize what Aquarius represented. I'm just now starting to dive into astrology and its relation to my character and the ways that I operate and show up in the world and the ways that I experience the world. And it's really, really interesting. Um, I feel like there are so many different maps that we're given. And in exploration of these maps, we start to know more of our territory. We start to become more familiar with our inner workings. Some of the mapping systems that I am most intrigued by at the moment are human design and astrology. <clears throat> but that's another entry for another time. <laughs> Tonight, my entry is about death in all of its forms. I came back to Florida to close a chapter. And it's quite fitting that we would arrive here on the full moon. I feel it is an opportunity for me to really, really ground in to exactly what it is that I'm closing up to make room and to make space for what I'm calling in and so for this entry I want to be witnessed in the declarations of closing contracts and ending chapters and then I'll be witnessed in declaring what I'm calling in and it'll be really exciting two months, three months, five months, six months from now, a year from now, to look back on this entry and listen to me talking right now and looking at how the things I called in manifested or didn't and took a completely different path. I feel like I'm freezing time in a sense with these entries because right now in this present moment here i am 
I'm experiencing everything around me. I look around, I see the fruit trees, I look within and I see exactly where I'm at. This is a moment in time. At the same time, I am aware of the version of myself in the future that's listening to this, listening to me right now, speaking these words. And she exists too in the future. And it's so cool because I know that as I'm listening to these words, I'm being taken back to this moment. So it's like I'm existing in two realities simultaneously, which is kind of cool. <laughs> so, death. Oh, death to these mosquitoes. Damn, there's so many. Um, <laughs> Florida. So, in the middle of November 2020, I had just moved into my car I was struggling with high blood sugar for years it had, it had been a couple years of just constantly high blood sugar and it was to the point where I was exhausted I couldn't really work I could hardly stand to be around any type of stressful environment because the slightest amount of stress would cause my whole system to just not cooperate um, and, you know, evaluating my options, I had a little bit of money saved up from unemployment, but hardly any at all. And I evaluated my options. I had a friend who opened their home to me. Um, I was staying in New Mexico. I had had like an opportunity to do some nannying. Damn, that's a loud ass truck. I had an opportunity to do some nannying with three little girls that are basically like my little sisters. And so I was doing that in New Mexico, but I was just not able to show up because being around children is so draining. It's it's amazing, but it drains your energy. And having high blood sugar, like I was already in a state where I had so little to give even to myself that I couldn't show up in the way that I needed. So I had a friend in Arizona, back where my family is, and he had an extra room. He's like, oh, you're always welcome here. Like, you know, come stay until you figure out your next move, blah, blah, blah. And so I took advantage of that. And I, I came down to Arizona and I stayed with this person. Um, and this person had actually been married, I want to say, for like seven years or at least had been with his husband for seven years and all of a sudden as soon as I arrive he announces divorce and I knew that he was contemplating divorce he had talked to me about it already before I arrived but he had intended on waiting a couple months before talking about it because they had some plans that they had made and so he wasn't going to talk about it right away but then his inner voice was like no like you can't hide this you need to speak about it right away so as soon as I get there um I'm now all of a sudden living in a home with two people who have been in love with each other that oh now this person 
wants divorce and so you know even though they they tried to be respectful to each other there's still going to be pain and and hurt there and so on top of that their dog that they had had for years passed away and so I found myself in this really stressful energetic environment and they never tried to put me in the middle they were very respectful toward me but the thing is as an empath sleeping in the bedroom right next to you I can feel that like I can feel the pain I can feel the heartbreak I can feel the tension and and it just it wasn't it wasn't working for me so I moved in with my dad and my dad had a very small small space in an apartment um and i just i couldn't i couldn't share that small of a space with him because he has his own stuff that he's working through and again it comes to the the point of okay now i'm in this environment with someone who is not happy with themselves and you know is is feeling unfulfilled and blah blah blah, and is stressing about this that and the other and it was too much for me and so I took another step back and evaluated my options what did I have to do where where could I go I didn't want to sign a lease somewhere I didn't have the money to sign a lease anywhere I didn't have family that I could stay with Um, I just I didn't feel like I had that many options and so I got this idea in my head that I was going to go live in the forest. (laughs) I was going to go camping and put myself through a winter in the forest as like an initiation because I wanted to connect more with my ancestors and I wanted to connect more to the natural rhythms of my body. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's, let's go out into the wilderness. Let's see if we can do this. So I had it all planned and set, right? And I figured that was the best option is living out of my car and like camping because... I didn't have anywhere else that felt safe for me to go and I'm happiest in nature and I'm really you know happy with my own company too and I had my dog so it sounded great so I move into my car and I go to Sedona and I'm living in Sedona for maybe three weeks and it was amazing and magical but it was also really really tough I feel like I was killing off my ego in like this slow painful death because here I am technically homeless living out of my car not working having to ask for money just so that I could buy food for myself and you know I had come from a place where I was making a lot of money and I was able to take care of myself and I come from a family that looked down on on homeless people at least on my mom's side they were not as um I don't want to say they looked down that's not fair to say because my grandparents actually carried like homeless kits for people and such but there was just this this air of judgment that came from them at the same time you know saying oh yeah they're all drug addicts or they chose this and blah 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 and they could go out and get a job and whatnot like they they gave this impression that being homeless was i don't know i don't even know how to explain it but that's beside the point anyway i just i felt all kinds of shame coming up surrounding my situation and 
over time that that has changed into something of empowerment when I realize that like this is a choice and I realize that I'm fully capable of going back and working um and earning money and you know doing the whole grind thing to have a place to stay but the thing is that costs my body that costs my mental like it's very hard for me to work for someone else. It's very hard for me to work in an environment where I'm forced to be around people who don't resonate with the same things that I resonate with. And it's very hard for me to serve in a way that doesn't feel fulfilling to me. And it's hard to be around um, high levels of stress without internalizing that. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm living out of my car. I meet this amazing person who invites me to go to the Grand Canyon. And I didn't have the money, but I told myself I would make it happen. And I don't even remember what I did. I, I think I sold a couple things and met a couple random people and was able to do it. But um, I ended up meeting a man in Flagstaff. And this man, I was so taken by this man from the start. He was handsome, he had a beautiful smile, he was super kind. I actually met him at the food bank and he offered to help carry some of my heavy boxes and he was living in the forest just like I wanted to do. He was living with his dog and he was talking about you know, not wanting to hustle his life away just to have a place to stay when it wasn't fulfilling and I was like yeah that's where I'm at and we just we hit it off right away and so we ended up spending some time together and I really I really liked this guy he was super intriguing he was very intelligent he was also vulnerable and it was it was really good company and he made a comment asking me if I wanted to go to Florida with him and it was like a super nonchalant comment. But I was like, hey, don't play with me. <laughs> and it actually turned into a serious conversation about, well, we're both in this place of like, what's next? We're both in this place of not wanting to stay where we're at. Why not? So we made it happen. And keep in mind, like, I just met this man. My intuition is so integral to my decision-making process. And when I feel into something, I rely heavily on my intuition. And so I sat with this decision. I knew I could trust this man. Um, and so I sat, I sat with it and it felt aligned. And so I said, yes. So two weeks later, we have all of our belongings packed into my tiny car, as well as our two dogs and us. <laughs> and we traveled. All across the country to get to Florida from Flagstaff well technically from Phoenix Arizona to Fort Lauderdale Florida and it was such a beautiful beautiful trip and I learned so much about boundaries and I learned so much about saying yes to things that feel good and saying no to things that don't feel good I learned a lot about my own needs and my own desires um, and this man and I ended up falling for each other on this trip he was super respectful every night we would sleep in the tent right next to each other and he would always give me my space and never I never felt invaded I never felt uncomfortable that it was a very respectful unfoldment but 
we got to Florida <laughs> and feelings came out and then it was a beautiful beautiful first kiss on the beach on a full moon and yeah so we came here with the dream of building a life not building a life but like starting a new chapter of life and making established connections and starting businesses and we came here with dreams and it just didn't work because I was unhappy I was stressed I didn't have my own space I was sharing my space with him and his dog his dog was destroying my stuff it was just so stressful and I was not I was not happy and so we left we put all our stuff into a storage unit and we left we went to North Carolina because his mother was there and my, my best friend is there and so yeah we went to North Carolina and things ended up falling apart um, I found out that around the time that we arrived to North Carolina in February he started entertaining two other girls and meanwhile he's telling me things like oh yeah I want to own land with you I want to build a life with you I want to make you my wife blah 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 which by the way if people are saying that and you haven't even been dating for more than, the, than six months, that's a red flag. <laughs> that's like a codependency thing. Don't, don't fall for that. But anyway, um, as a woman, it felt nice to hear that. It felt nice to feel so valued and appreciated by someone. And I was having experiences with this man that were deeper than any other experience I've had before in a relationship. So, you know, I was, I was kind of invested in this person. And... Things just, like I said, they ended up falling apart because of unmet needs and misalignments and the inability to understand one another and the inability to feel understood. And I found out after we split, um, after we split, I did a ceremony because I was really confused on like why things ended the way that they did. And so I did a ceremony calling in the highest truth and like opening my eyes to the truth of a situation and banishing any lies and it turned out that he was seeing two other girls one of the girls reached out to me after we had broken up and asked me like hey how long were you and so and so together when was the last time you guys were intimate when was the last time you got like when did you break up blah blah, blah. and so I kind of took that hard um, because I knew something was off but I didn't expect it was infidelity. I didn't expect that there was disloyalty. I thought this guy was one of the most loyal people that I knew. And um, yeah, so that really hurt me. That, that really cut deep when I found out that he was entertaining two other people on the phone that I let him borrow that he then refused to give back. Like, damn, it's a double whammy. <laughs> but anyway... Um, I left North Carolina. We were supposed to leave together. We were supposed to travel. He bought a travel van. We were going to travel back to Arizona together. And <clears throat> and then we broke up. And so I kind of floated around for a while waiting for Spirit to tell me what the next move was. And then this opportunity comes up for me to travel with this same family that I was with in New Mexico. Um, and do the whole nanny thing again. So... I've been doing that and it's been it's been amazing and again it's 
been another opportunity full of lessons and blessings. So we traveled back to Colorado, New Mexico. And the woman that we were traveling with has a home in Florida that happens to be three hours away from my storage unit, which has all of my crystal bowls in it. And so the opportunity arose that she's coming back to pack up her house and move to the west side. And I was invited to come along, come to Florida, so that I could get my my stuff out of storage. And so, yeah, I, I find myself here again in Florida, this time without the person that I planned on coming here with in the first place. And in a couple of days, I'm going to go to our storage unit and I'm going to open it and I'm going to see our stuff, not just my stuff, but his stuff too. Excuse me. And that, that still feels very, it still feels tender to me because I never got to speak my truth with him. I never got to ask him like, why I never got to talk to him about the fact that he was talking to two other girls I never even got to ask him um for his side you know which does it matter I mean not really but he was a good guy just because he was not able to be faithful um, doesn't take away his good qualities. Is he a man? Maybe not yet, but he's got a big heart and he's compassionate and he's intelligent. And for the most part, he cares about this earth. And yeah, I saw the good in him and that doesn't go away just because he hurt me, but he doesn't see it that way. And he's angry with me because of the way that I handled finding out this situation. I actually took one of his, I took one of his rap songs and turned it into like a kind of spiritual diss song. Um, but that's how I transmuted my anger. I don't regret that. I wrote that song and it helped me feel empowered and it helped me get over my pain and it helped me channel my anger in a way that didn't feel toxic because I didn't slam him. I didn't like, I wasn't super disrespectful. I wasn't like, F you, F you. So, anyway. That whole that whole unfoldment between us. I feel like in coming here, it's my opportunity to, like, close that chapter. And his birthday's on Monday. I think I want to write him a letter. I don't know if I'll give it to him. I probably won't. I'll probably just burn it. But... To be able to write my feelings out, that feels really good to me. And I feel like that's necessary because I haven't had that opportunity. And I love him. I'm not in love with him. But as a person on this earth, I love him. And he had an impact on who I am. And it hurts me when people um, have had such bad experiences in life or such painful betraying experiences in life that they automatically assume that um, people are a certain way 
and the fact that he sees me in such a false way sucks you know I don't want him to think that I'm out here bashing him and talking bad about him or disrespecting him because I'm not I have nothing truly I don't have anything bad to say I have the truth of what happened and that's it you know and the truth of what happened is I was not fulfilling his needs in the way that he felt he needed. And so he felt like he had to go and entertain other people. That's not a good thing or a bad thing. That's just fact. That's what it is. You know, I'm not out here bashing and and being hurtful, but he has the impression that I am. And that just, that sucks to me, you know, because I care about him. And I have this thing where I like to be on good terms with people. And when I'm not on good terms with people, it eats at my heart. But that's something that I, that's, that's a lesson of, you know, something I have to get over. Because as someone who shares my opinions online, there are going to be people that are upset with me and not agree with me. And I just have to be okay with that, you know. So I plan on doing a ceremony with the ocean. I plan on honoring the death of this relationship and the death of the dreams that we had built together. And I also honor the death of my snake. That death was so painful. And I suppressed it and I pushed it down because there were so many other things happening and I honored, I honored his life. I honored the life of Severus, my snake. And I wrote a song and grieved with the ocean. But then I didn't think about it again. I pushed it down. I was like, okay, I grieved. That's it. Moving on now. And I, I dishonored the fact that like, grieving is not a linear process and it's not just something that you do once and then you're done it's something that it's gonna hurt and you have to feel it and you have to allow yourself to feel it and you have to understand that some days you're gonna be good you're gonna be great and other days it's gonna hurt so bad and you're not gonna want to feed yourself or have the motivation to brush your teeth Because you're just so consumed with guilt and you're so consumed with grief and denial and that's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve. Just because the world around you doesn't understand just because the world around you wants to keep moving forward one foot in front of the other continuously in a robotic march doesn't mean that you have to. If you need a day, take a fucking day. If you can't be present for a conversation, speak on it. If you made promises to your friends that you would do something for them or you would go out and do this with them and then that grief strikes and you're just not feeling it, that's okay. (sighs) 
I was very, very intimately connected with my snake. I've channeled my snake before. My snake has spoken through me. I have sat in ceremony with my snake. I have brought my snake to women's circles and passed him around the circle so that everyone had a chance to feel his healing presence. I have sat with ayahuasca with my snake. My snake was my grounding force every time I did mushrooms and went on plant journeys and spirit journeys and shamanic journeys. When I would meditate, my snake was there around my neck or over my solar plexus. My snake traveled with me. My snake brought so much healing. And I neglected him. Truly, I don't feel like I took care of him in the way that he deserved. I was selfish and I brought him with me on a journey because I wanted him to be with me because I was so connected to him. And in that process, he died. Because a snake needs a certain climate. A snake has certain needs. And I could not provide those needs. There is no reason that a snake should be living in a small cage without proper lighting, without proper temperature regulation, It's my fault and I accept that and I'm not I'm not in a space of being consumed by guilt do I feel the guilt still yes am I consumed by it no because I accept it for what it is but it's a tender wound that I haven't really opened up about and I haven't talked about because I have felt so ashamed And so last time I was in Florida, I gave my snake's body to the ocean and I asked for it to be provided as food and nourishment for the other creatures. And I cried and I danced on the beach and I allowed myself to grieve. And then I shut that bottle, closed it, locked it up and pushed it in the very back corner of my subconscious. But in being here again, I'm finding that some of these things that I've pressed down, like the pain of my relationship ending and the pain of my snake passing away, those things are coming to the surface again. But this time they're coming to the surface to say, hey, look at me. Love me. Accept me. Feel me. Talk about me. Express me, share me, allow me to be transmuted. And so as I stand here on the grass, 
surrounded by mango trees, pineapple trees, and banana trees. Gazing up at this Aquarius full moon, I acknowledge the pain. I acknowledge the emotions that come with these experiences of loss and death. I acknowledge them. And in that sense of acknowledgement, they gain power to shift. The death of hope for a relationship in this present time with my mother is also a very real thing that's very active for me right now. I cut my hair a couple days ago, shorter than I've had it since I was a little girl. I despised having short hair when I was younger. I felt like I looked like Willy Wonka, (laughs) the Johnny Depp version. I despised that short hair. I didn't want it. I felt like it made me look like a boy or not as pretty. I don't know what I thought when I was younger, but I I didn't like it. I always wanted long hair. And in cutting my hair, it was a representation of letting go of that which is dead, not holding on to broken dreams in the form of split ends that I would someday hope to grow long and luscious and beautiful. And here I am holding on to this hair that is so brittle and has been damaged by bleaching, damaged by coloring and external seeking of validation. I'm holding on to this hair that has died, holding on to a dream that has died in hopes of my hair growing longer to be beautiful. And I chopped it. Chopped it off. No more. No more holding on to those dreams that we think we want so bad that actually have to do with society's expectation. No more holding on to those pieces that are broken and dying and dead. And I feel like that is, at the moment, my relationship with my mother. And it hurts. It hurts to know that my mother has such a false view of her daughter. Her daughter who prays for strangers. Her daughter who goes to events and dances by herself. And then dances with all the children and hypes them up and dances with the kids with special needs to make them feel included. Her daughter who spreads love and compassion. 
her daughter who actively tries to leave her imprint on everyone she meets her daughter who cares about this earth her daughter who tries to live from a place of integrity to her i am a corrupted deceitful lying confused little girl She sees me as the person I was. Because at one point in my life, I was that. I was a liar. I was deceitful. I was selfish and self-absorbed. I was cruel. And I'm thankful for that. Because I can have compassion for people And I can also have that strong, firm belief in someone's ability to change because I changed and I grew and I matured and I have grown into a young woman and I'm so proud of the young woman that I am, but my mother has no idea who that is. And so she's stuck on the person she knew and she has no desire to get to know the new me because I don't, so- I don't seek God in the same way that she does. I don't go to church. I don't de- identify as a Christian. I believe in the power of crystals. I do earth magic. I pray with the elements I honor my blood. I am deeply steeped in my Native American spirituality and my Celtic pagan spirituality. I believe in energy and I know how to manipulate it. I'm an oracle with a strong intuition and I know how to visualize future events I use tarot cards these are things that enrich my life deeply at the cost of a relationship with my mother it is still worth it because at the end of the day my spirituality is what makes me strong and firm in my sense of self and it's what makes me be able to show up so fully for other people my spirituality is my force my guiding force it is my pillar of strength and power and if i were to denounce all of that in the name of my mother's acceptance I would be lost and miserable. I'm happy that my mom can find nourishment in her faith and the devotion she has to her faith. But as an ex-alcoholic and an ex-drug addict, I feel like 
She has filled that addiction for substance with religion. And it's become unhealthy. She, she posted a really hateful message or post on Facebook the other day. And one of her friends, actually, a friend that I used to know when I was like five, six years old, um, one of her friends reached out to me and she was, she sent me this post cause I don't have my mother on Facebook. My mother's not my friend on Facebook. So my mother's friend sent me these posts and she was like, Hey, I just want you to know that, you know, I, I feel bad for you because of the separation with your mother, but I'm also really proud of you. And I think that you're doing amazing things and I think that you're really brave and really strong. And I'm sorry that your mother is not willing to accept you just because of your differences in religion. And she sent me a hundred dollars just as a blessing. And it, it was so nice to have a bit of that external validation of like, Hey, it's not me. <laughs> My mother has, has had such a hold on my ability to show up in the world. It's the classic witch feeling persecuted by the Christian. It has not been safe in times past for the witch to show up in her power because of punishment by death from the religion. And so another death, another death that I have been grieving for a while that I'm finally ready to bury is this lack of relationship and this hate that keeps coming to me from my mother. And I know it's not actual hate, it's love disguised as hate. But it still hurts and it's still painful. And this next chapter when I get back from Florida is going to be so expansive. My Jupiter return is in a couple months. And I'm developing the woman that I want to be in this phase of my life for the world. Not just myself anymore. And in order to do that, I choose to surround myself with the people who support me. Regardless of blood ties or not. If you don't support me, then you don't have a space in my immediate life. And my mother does not support me, and so she doesn't have a space in my immediate life. <sighs> Grief. Grief is a funny thing, man. You can't run from it. Because it'll come back. The last thing that I want to speak on in terms of pain and acceptance and endings is... The pain that I feel 
in learning about the mass amount of death that occurs in our ocean every single day. There's a documentary on Netflix. It's called Sea Spiracy. S-E-A Spiracy. Um, that movie or that documentary really opened my eyes up to a lot of things that I had no idea about. Um, the amount of dolphins that are slaughtered each day. The amount of sharks that are slaughtered for their fins. The dolphins that are killed because they are interrupting the ability for people to fish because we're literally emptying our seas of fish because we're consuming so much fish on the daily. We're consuming so much fish that people are having a harder time catching it in villages, but also bigger companies are having a hard time catching it. And so the mass slaughtering of dolphins happens because the dolphins eat the fish and the dolphins interrupt the process of catching the fish. The sharks are being slaughtered for their shark fin soup, which is like a delicacy in China and Japan. It's like a staple of high class. Fish themselves are being slaughtered. Because only a small percentage of the catchings actually make it to the table, to the market, to the store, to the restaurant. The pollution in our oceans, the microplastics are contaminating everything from the coral to the bottom feeders to the fish who eat the bottom feeders to the fish who eat the fish. We are I was going to say killing, I was going to say destroying, but those aren't the right words. We're poisoning our planet. And I know our planet is strong, and I know that she will bounce back. But the thing is, at the rate that I see us going right now, her way of bouncing back is going to be tsunamis and earthquakes and mass destruction of the human race to give her a fucking break so that she can come back. Finding out about this kind of thing on a deeper level and just like the awareness surrounding what goes on on our planet that's not talked about is really heavy. And serves the question... How am I going to channel that anger into constructive energy to make a difference, to spread awareness, to do my part? How am I going to create a better world 
in my own eyes in front of me to ripple out. Grandmother Moon, I thank you for witnessing me as I speak on these heavier subjects. I thank you for witnessing me as I express my pain. I thank you for allowing me to transmute the emotions of the world and the emotions of my own world through air in the form of voice so that I may pour it back out for nourishment for myself and others. This is a bit of a longer entry this time. So if you've stuck around thus far, I thank you. I thank you for witnessing me. If you were guided to this entry, I know it was for a reason. And so I hope that you have received exactly what you came here for, even if you didn't know you came here for it. Thank you for holding space. Thank you for opening your heart. Thank you for being vulnerable. It's okay to not be okay sometimes because life fluctuates. And if you're not okay right now, I promise you will be okay. And if you are okay right now, there will be times again when you aren't okay. So just remember, you always come back. I love you. I appreciate you. I'll see you next time. Bye.